Hello, NFL world. Welcome to another episode of Title Talk. I'm Bryson NFL, formally, because now I'm Brady NFL, because of course I got suspended. But I'm here with LB, and it's Football Friday. I woke up this morning, took a nice little early morning walk. The air is crisp. It feels like football. We're back. I know even two weeks ago for me, it was not. I wasn't in a good place for football to start. I wasn't ready. There's was no preseason, but now football started. I'm so excited and ready. There's kind of a big game last night. And uh, I think LB's ready as too. What's going on, LB? How are you doing today, sir? Brady NFL, two wise, of course. I, I I'm in the same place as you. Like probably about a week ago, you know, or you know, a couple weeks ago, I was just thinking like, yeah, you know, this will be cool. Football's back, all right, you know. But now that they're actually playing games, man, it's great. Patriots are one and zero. We. Uh, I know you loved that game last night, that football game, of course. The Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals, which I love Bengal cats. <laughs> That's so stupid. I don't know why I just did that. The Bengals. Just talk about two just crap franchises just kind of slugging it out to just see who's not as worse. I remember when I played in, um, in Pop Warner my 18 year, both teams at the end of the year we were both 0-7, and, and there was things around school and – Everybody was caught at the garbage hole. <laughs> we did win. We did win. We finished the year with a whopping one and seven record. Fun time, you know. It was just the funniest thing. We were both just these two trash teams. I felt like last night, you know, man, Baker Mayfield stinks. He's not good at football. <laughs> he is not good. Oh, we love to hear that. You know, I'm a freak too because last night. All evening, I'm just pacing around, and I really didn't have anything to do yesterday. And I was just pacing around yesterday evening, thinking about OBJ and the Patriots and how much I would love it because it'd be so good, so good for the brand, and perhaps so good for the Patriots. And just pacing and thinking about it. Big game, ordered food. I'm watching the game, and uh, I think I told a couple of our friends in Patch that we were they were wanting to bet on the game, and I was giving them a play and. I was very excited. I don't know how excited anyone else was. I know the Celtics played last night. I know probably people don't want to talk about it if they're Celtics fans too. But I was watching the Bengals game, and I really didn't care. And before this, there was there's just like so much smoke around OBJ because if you don't know, last year Odell was telling people that he wanted to be with the Patriots, and that was in October, and and he did. I think he did that in the off season, all off off season as well, and and the Patriots have mutual interest because the year before that, they also tried to trade for OBJ from the Giants. So this is, these are two people that really would like to play with each other, Bill Belichick and Odell Beckham. And so all this, all this rumors come up. I know Brandon Marshall was talking about Odell to the Patriots and it's just, you know, Tom Brady's not there anymore. Like it's, it's just, it's an odd thing to say, but it, it just makes sense. Now that Cam Newton loves OBJ I know we're going to talk about his retweet in a minute, but a lot of people after last night were discouraged. Odo had that touchdown. But then you just, you just start to think about it, LB. Just start to think about this a little bit. Have you ever been in a relationship that just sucked for a long time, but you really kind of didn't want to leave the – you kind of couldn't leave the person. You're you know, kind of comfortable. You're making some money. 
you're in this nice house with this person and you just kind of realize they kind of suck. But then, you know, she says, hey, let's go on date night. You know, let's go on a date night. And you guys are fighting. You go on date night. You know, you have a good night. You know what I mean? And the next day, it's all good. You wake up. And the, ne- the next day after that, you wake up and you think, huh, I don't know how many times. I don't think we can do date night every day. I've got to live with this person. And uh, they still suck. The problems, nothing changed. Well, it changes. We went on date night. And that's exactly what happened with OBJ and Baker Mayfield last night. It was just a date night, LB. You know, next week, they're not going to play the Bengals. And the week after that, they're not going to play the Bengals, who, by the way, covered the spread in a game where I think the Bengals were missing, like, some of their best defensive players. So they're not going to play the Bengals every week. By the trade deadline, they're still going to stink. OBJ is still going to be mad. And if anything, OBJ is like, wow, you know what? Like, I was good yesterday. Like, I was good, but... The Bengals suck. Are we going to win anything ever? Are we going to win three games this year? Are we going to win four games this year? He's going to sit around and still think about this in his brain. It's not over. And you know what? To just add fuel to the fire, LB, our, our main man, the greatest quarterback in the NFL, Cam Newton, decides you know he could retweet any Bible verse. There's plenty of Bible verses all over Twitter. Cam Newton is not a dumb guy retweets obj i don't know if it was this morning or last night retweets obj's a little bible verse tweet and they're good buddies too so you have to know they text and this just add fuel to the fire lb almost called you ab which you are not ab you're much better than ab <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking about ab coming to the page but this is it adds a fuel lb and i don't know about you but i'm, I'm more excited for obj than ever because the browns are gonna suck like this is gonna happen whether it be Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham Jr., I really don't care. I, what I do like about OBJ is that he's already under contract. I believe he becomes a free agent in 2024. So, I mean, if you could pull off that trade, you have a guy under contract. He's really not making the crazy money some people might think. I think it would be a great fit, man. We know, like, I, I know Cam Newton went on his podcast uh, over the summer. Mm-hmm. They worked out together. There's pictures of those two throwing passes, you know, Cam throwing passes to OBJ. Um, it's just the idea of it is so fun, man. I just, I would love to see Odell Beckham Jr. in that number 13. Oh, he, need, uniforms. he needs to change it. That's my opinion, but whatever. They had some great sex last night. <laughs> great. I mean, it was just one of those things, you know, I, I maybe, you know, Baker let him get his kinks off. They did a little, you know. You know, as we all know, there's, there's rumors out there about how OBJ likes to uh, – OBJ is a, a bit of a freak. That's fine, but <laughs> all of a sudden, I, you remember that the first time I did a podcast, it was like the same week that Odell was with – like I think she was a prostitute, and uh, they were like smoking weed, and there was like minds of, of who knows what substance it was. Don't do drugs, kids. Unless you want to be like OBJ, that's – you know, but OBJ is uh, – is a supreme talent, so he can get away with those things. When you're the man, you can do whatever you want. Just don't be like A.B. I'll tell you, though, you you saying A.B. just makes me think. It's an interesting thing that kind of comes up. People love to say, well, you know, we saw how A.B. worked out. To me, OBJ is not A.B. I think he's passionate about winning football games. He does need to control his emotions better. I don't think there's any, you know, I think a lot of people would agree he needs to control his emotions better for sure. But I think you let him... You know, come here, work with Bill Belichick, work with the QB he really likes. As you said, uh, we all remember the pictures last year of him and Brady and all that. And we know Brady's gone. But, you know, is, is one great night of sex going to keep that relationship working 
when your relationship is based on that one thing, it usually doesn't work. Let's be honest. There's usually issues. And usually it gets to be very toxic when that's the only thing you have. You know, if Baker can't take a dump on his chest every night, I'll just say that. He can't do it every night. No, he, he can't. He just can't, LB. You just can't. It's not going to work. It's not sustainable. You need, Odell needs other things to stimulate him. Like, I don't know, winning football games a lot, which the Patriots do. Winning football games, the Patriots. The Patriots have won some football games over the year. I don't know if people are aware. They've actually won. Let's see. Boy, it's easy to lose track. How many Super Bowls? One, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, six, which is, of course, tied for the most in NFL history. They haven't had a sub-10 win season since 2002 when they went 9-7. and seven. Brady was dinged up at the end of that year. and I'll never forget they had that four-game losing streak in there, which the Patriots just don't do, you know. So, Patriots won a lot of football games. We saw them with Matt Castle. You know, they won a lot of football games. Granted, it was an excellent roster. But Bill Belichick, this Bill Belichick guy, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, he, is, he knows what he's doing. You know, I, I, I could be wrong. I just get the feeling that Bill Belichick does know how to do stuff. I think he knows how to do stuff. I think you're kind of right, LB. And he knows that he loves OBJ, which we absolutely love. It'd be awesome to see OBJ finally. We've had so many Pats edits with OBJ. And he could come here and potentially just get back to that old form where you see him catching a slant and going for 90 yards and just being elite and absolutely worth the first round pick, in my opinion. Because if you if you can justify drafting Nikhil Harry and Sony Michelle in the first round, you can just justify drafting OBJ with the first round pick and paying him just a little bit more to guarantee that he doesn't stink. Because we yes. know OBJ doesn't stink. And I'm just perfectly fine with it. You know, a lot of people don't want to trade those picks for players, but the player is the pick. And that's what I like about it. It's a known commodity, which Belichick loves to do. Just give it a few more weeks to marinate in the OBJ-Baker-Mayfield relationship. It, we'll see what happens. But another guy that we like, LB, that's probably a little bit better than OBJ, but just not as exciting because a lot of people probably just don't really watch him a whole lot, is Allen Robinson. who Apparently, the reports are this morning that Allen Robinson wants like $18 million per year, and the Bears are not willing to give him that. And, and after, by the way, LB, which is funny because people made fun of me on Twitter when I said, you know, oh, yeah, they had this conversation and, you know, Pace said they were okay or whatever. Nagy said they were okay. And after 10 minutes, I'm supposed to believe they just solved all sorts of differences they had, just like OBJ and Baker Mayfield in 10 minutes meeting. <laughs> and so it turns out they actually didn't solve their differences. And, and Alan Robinson does want more money. And he's a good soldier. He's going to play. He's going to play football. He's, this is the last year of his deal. The Patriots could trade and extend for him if they want to. When Edelman's 34 years old, I'd have no problem with that. Many people probably would. Or they could just trade for him, let him go, and just get the comp pick after that, which I would be all for, too. I, I think probably it's going to take like a two and something else, maybe a two and something else. I don't know how hesitant the Patriots would be to add extra picks because they lost that, I think, third-round pick because of Spygate 2.0, which no one ever talks about. But it didn't happen. Yeah, it just it, it just didn't happen. They just signed Cam Newton on the same day, and everyone totally <laughs> forgot about it. Yeah, it just didn't happen. But I'm minutes a, before, as a matter of fact, before the news broke. Exactly, LB. But I'm I'd be excited with both of these rates because I think that I'm right now I'm reading I'm reading the Patriots chart right now. They actually did have a positive EPA per run. They had a negative EPA per pass. And I think if the Patriots I think the Patriots have a very good chance of being much better than I ever ever thought they could be this season. So I was wrong about that. 
but they have a much better chance. And if they can get a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. or Allen Robinson, some guy that you might not think the world of OBJ is a player anymore, but the, you have to know the other, other team's going to throw their number one corner at him. And then Nikhil Harry gets a better matchup. Julian Edelman gets a better matchup. Same with Allen Robinson. If the Patriots want to win playoff games, I think they're going to have to prove that they can probably pass the ball a little bit better. I think they will get better at passing the ball. I think they really will. But if they have that number one receiver, it would help them so much. And I'd feel so much better about their playoff chances if they had that number one receiver. So I'd be all for this trade. I'm all for weapons anytime, anywhere, because weapons are awesome. Weapons absolutely own. Imagine be, imagine living in the world where like, I don't want weapons. I don't need imagine, Patriots don't need weapons. Blah blah blah. Im- no. Imagine going to war where like we send our soldiers to like Iraq, but we don't let them have weapons. Like they just have to like, you know, use walkie talkies and just try to, you know, hey. But you know, weapons can be good. They can be your friend. And there's a few things there. On the I, I as I said, what I liked about Odell was that he was under contract. Now, because of that contract. I would imagine he would cost more in draft capital, whatever it may be. With Allen Robinson, because it's his last year of a deal, maybe you don't have to give up as much because everybody knows when you trade for a player in a situation like this, CI, you know, you you want to you want to you gotta have to pay him. So you're giving up a pick and you have to pay that player. So that's one side of it. So so there's almost two sides there to the whole OBJ being signed and and can I, and can I stop Allen you real quick, LB? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you said some really good stuff, but I just want to interject because the same Patriots fans that are telling me they're going to have all sorts of cap space next year and they're going to sign all sorts of good players, which all along, by the way, I've said that we need to relax about that because they have a ton of players to sign. So those same people don't want to actually sign good players. So we have this cap space, and I say we because, of course, I'm part of the Patriots, so are you. <laughs> they have all this cap space. They're just going to sign, like, who? Who are they going to sign? Not good players, because this is a good player in front of your face, and you're telling me they're going to have all this cap space next season. So what's what's the issue here? I don't get it, LB. Well, they were willing to give Adam Humphreys. I believe they uh, they at the last minute they upped the deal. They were willing to give him 11, 12 a year or whatever. Would you rather have Adam Humphreys at 12 a year or Allen Robinson at 18 a year? I could, me, gar- I could guarantee you that people who are listening forgot where Adam Humphreys even played football this year. <laughs> They forgot he exists. <laughs> they don't even like Adam. Wait, who? Humphreys. What is that? Isn't that, isn't that the guy who married Kim Kardashian for 20 minutes or something like that? Who's <laughs> Humphreys? It's just, I mean, look, I mean, we've seen what the Patriots do with draft picks. Bill is so incredibly good. But one flaw that you can point out is some of his draft selections. They, they're not always great, especially at the wide receiver position. I won't get on Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. But, you know, we'll, we'll give that a little bit more time. We'll see how that works out. He played better um, uh, Sunday, and we know Cam defended him, and he made some good points. So we've seen a lot of these other wide receivers not work out. And we saw last year the Patriots traded a second for Mohamed Sanu, who – was not very good. He had one good football game, and you know he stinks. He, he stinks. He, you know, he he hurt his ankle and whatever. He came back healthy this year, and the guy was he was a turtle out there. You know it. So we've seen him spend a second on a on a bad wide receiver. So I would rather I would be okay with spending draft picks on good wide receivers, especially a guy like Robinson or OBJ or whatever. We've seen some of these draft picks not be great. 
So to me, I mean, if you can give up a pick for that, for a guy like that, it's a great idea. I liken it often to baseball. One thing I'm always a fan of with the Red Sox say, I never got mad. Some people say uh, he ruined the farm system, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? They won the World Series in 2018. So would I rather have a World Series in some bad years because you didn't get the farm system right? I'll take the World Series personally. And we've seen what Bill Belichick can do with undrafted free agents. One of those guys I knew you just mentioned. They have to sign some guys, J.C. Jackson, un, undrafted, you know. So um, we've seen what Bill can do it, do with with random players. So I am okay with with trading picks. To me, it's it's like baseball. You trade a stud prospect who, truthfully, you don't know if he's going to be great or not. You know, he looked good in in the minors, but it's like it's like a college football player. You can draft him; he looks great. He looks incredible in college, and then he gets to the NFL, and he's just not. You know, maybe he's just mentally not not there. I'm always okay with trading prospects, trading picks for established football players, especially, especially, and I don't think I can emphasize this enough, especially at wide receiver, especially at wide receiver, right? I mean, Bryson, we've, we've seen this team not be so great at finding wide receivers, and sometimes it leads to things like Antonio Brown, whose name we should, you know, A.B., Really, no other point, by the way, OBJ is not AB. AB has gone nuts on the sidelines after Ben Roethlisberger ran in for a touchdown. OBJ, to me, is passionate about winning. He, he wants to win football games. So, Allen Robinson, OBJ, I'll take either. If you have to give up uh, whatever it takes for Robinson, gives you a better shot at winning now. And then you try to extend him. I know, I know that you've said this a few times, and maybe you can delve into a little better, better than I can, but Julian Edelman is in the last year of his deal. They need to pay somebody at wide receiver. We've seen them give Gronkowski the biggest contract in NFL history for a tight end, and then a month later give the biggest contract in NFL history to a murderer. So, you know, you tell me. Aaron Hernandez, rest in peace. Good man. Fantastic. Fantastic human being. <laughs> Just a good guy. Potentially the greatest uh, tight end of all time, according to Patriots Twitter. Yeah, you know, Travis Kelsey stinks because he doesn't block like the greatest blocking tight end in NFL history, Rob Gronkowski. So Kelsey bad Aaron Hernandez, who also isn't, you know, doesn't block, didn't block. I should say, of course, who also didn't block like Rob Gronkowski. You see a lot of people say Aaron Hernandez would have been better than Gronk. Okay. But Travis Kelsey is not good because he doesn't block like Gronk. I mean, come on, be consistent here. That's all I ask. You're right about that. LB. I think something that's consistent this year is unfortunately there's wildfires in Seattle and the Patriots actually play there Sunday. I don't know if you're, you're aware of this, but the Patriots actually they play, play, they, play in Seattle. they play it's, they play in Seattle on Sunday. And the good news for the Patriots actually is not going to be no fans there. So, you know, originally this is probably a really tough place to play and Cam Newton's new there and has to deal with the hard count and, and has to deal with the crowd noise and audibling at the line, which maybe he's not so comfortable with yet. But now there's no one there. No one's going to be there. So it sounds like they're going to play the game in Seattle there. I know Belichick was talking about there's like winds from the Pacific and all sorts of stuff like that. They're supposed to clear some stuff out. I know, I know our friend, uh, our friend we call Gronk, lives in uh, western Canada, told us around that area, Seattle, he told us that, the air is actually getting better and it should be just fine by Sunday. So I think the Patriots are, are definitely going to be playing there. They will have this game 
And OB, this is a pretty big game. You know, a lot of people think a whole lot of Seattle after beating the Falcons, who are, in my opinion, a decent team. And now we just have the underdog Patriots again. Seattle's favored by four on the road. The Patriots have Bill Belichick and Cam Newton. And even from the first half to the second half last week, the Patriots kind of got better on offense and figured out some more stuff to do. And so how are you feeling, LB, today about the Patriots in Seattle, which, you know, formally you probably feel not so good, but it's a little bit different this week. What do you, how do you feel? Well, something I've actually been saying for a while is for, for all the things to happen, to have Bill Belichick on your side through a pandemic and, you know, um, to be the greatest coach ever, you know, by, by a lot. Just like I say, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever by a lot. You know, to have him on your side during something like this, and there are advantages to this for the New England Patriots because their schedule is not easy at all. They travel to Seattle, and then, you know, in a few weeks, they travel to Kansas City, but you don't have to worry about that same crowd noise. And it turns out great for the Patriots because the Patriots, you know, let's be honest, our home field advantage is more about um, something I love I loved was when they, I've read things where players said, it's it's just driving in there. It's just an eerie feeling. And so the Patriots home field, home field advantage is never about noise. It's just about, you know, it's like somebody said, it's like going to the Death Star. You just, you feel it. You look up, there's six banners there. They're all from 2001. It's not those old dusty ones. And our home field advantage basically remains the same. And then on the flip side of it, it seems like Kansas City, Seattle, you're traveling there and they don't have that same massive home field advantage. They just don't. And it works out good for the Patriots in 2020 to have that happen. If all those fans are in the stadium, I'm not feeling as good about going to Seattle or Kansas City. So really, it works out okay. Truthfully, you know, this whole thing is good for the Patriots. Greatest head coach in, in in football on your side. And I'm also very happy that we get tested early this year. I remember last year, um, we all saw how well the defense was playing and Everybody just chalked it up as bad quarterbacks, bad football teams. Truth to it, of course. Because we saw they go to Baltimore, they get their ass kicked. And to me, the defense wasn't why they lost in the playoffs or anything like that story for another day. But it's nice to be tested early. And, you know, I would love to see them play them well. I don't expect them to completely shut down Russell Wilson, who Bill Belichick, by the way, called the best football player in football. Uh, no offense, Patrick Mahomes. I do agree. I think Russell Wilson is the best. He doesn't have the same weapons. He doesn't have the same coach. Doesn't have the same offensive line as Patrick Mahomes. You know, maybe he doesn't make no look passes that go incomplete over the t- Travis Kelsey's head. But he's very good at football. I would, you know, to me, Russell Wilson's the. <laughs> they call him Danger Russ Wilson. So it, I feel good about going to Seattle right now, especially with no fans. I mean, if the Patriots can. Bill Belichick, one thing he always gives you is he's prepared and he knows how to outcoach other guys. We saw how we saw him outcoach Pete Carroll in the biggest moment and maybe have the greatest uh, play in the fourth quarter, as Matt Patricia takes credit for. I, I didn't realize he intercepted that pass, not Malcolm Butler, by the way. Thank you, Matt Patricia, for that interception. Great hands from Matt. Big high, <laughs> big guy, hefty guy, but boy, does he have, uh, boy, does he have some ball skills and, uh, Boy, can he, what does he have great hands? Thank you, Matt Patricia. You suck, by the way. You suck here. You just suck, period. You're not good. Don't take credit for Malcolm Butler. You suck, you stupid-ass rocket scientist. Thank you for 43 to 41 to 33 in the Super Bowl, you dumbass. 
But, you know, now I'm ranting about stupid-ass Matt Patricia. Sucks. Don't care what anybody says. I feel good about it, Bryson. I think they can absolutely win this football game. I was, I, I'm so happy to see them tested early here because if the defense plays well, we won't have to hear, well, they played crap, 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 crap. If they could pull out a win here, you got to give this team some credit. I think you're right, LB. This is a huge game here. And I think the thing about if you watch Seahawks-Falcons last week, the thing you got to understand is Dan Quinn coaches the Falcons. The defense in Atlanta is the same as Seattle's. Dan Quinn was Seattle's defensive coordinator when they were the LOB. So both, it's, it would be almost like the Patriots playing themselves in a game. And as you can probably imagine, they probably know a lot of things they're going to do. Russell Wilson plays against his defense every single week. So I think a lot of people might be overrating the offense of Seattle just a little bit. I don't know really what to make of their defense just yet. I think a lot of people might be overrating that too. But according to ELO, the Patriots are the fifth-ranked team. And by the way, this takes into account opponents and stuff like that, all, all sorts of stuff like this. ELO has the Pats five, the Seahawks are seven. Offense, Seahawks four, Pats 15, and the Patriots defense is three, and Seattle's is 23. But like I said, it's hard to... With this game, it's hard to just say, well, you know, Russell Wilson just, I, he, I think he went 31 for 35 for over 304 touchdowns. There's, there's zero shot that, that is, anything like that is going to happen. And because the Patriots defense matches up so well with Seattle, in my opinion, like the, the thing we're about to tell you is like if everything goes right for the Patriots, because I'm not going to sit here and like, we're not, like, this isn't the type of the podcast where we shit on the Patriots because that just sucks. So we're going to tell you like all the good things that might happen and, we might see from the Patriots. So with Seattle, just read just read it out loud with their offense here. The Patriots, we know, have went to their seven DB sets, and Juwan Williams has looked great covering tight ends. So they're a really fast team. The key for the Patriots is Wino and guys like Simon setting the edge and controlling Russell Wilson in the pocket. What you don't need is Russell Wilson scrambling all over the place, which he kind of really doesn't do anyway, but it's just way to extend drives. And with the Patriots kind of maybe – perhaps inconsistent offense at times you just need to contain Russell Wilson in the pocket and make sure you don't keep those chains moving so Wino and Simon have to control the edge guys like that have to control the edge and then you just read the mat read the matchups out loud DK Metcalf who's I don't think much of him Russell Wilson's absolutely awesome but Gilmore on Metcalf shuts him down then you have a really good slot corner and John Jones probably one of the best in the NFL and you could put third J-Mac on him and maybe some help, some crafty. I mean, J-Mac's a very crafty veteran. That's what people underrate. J-Mac is very smart. He's not so athletic anymore. But you could switch him and J- John Jones on lock it all day long and get some help if you want to. And then you have Juwan Williams on Olsen or whoever the Patriots want to throw on Olsen who's really not that good in my opinion. And then you've got J.C. Jackson on Moore who's just not that good either. And I think – the other the other Seahawks wide receivers really aren't that good either. But if you just if you just throw it out that way, and Russell Wilson, they're not gonna run the type of offense where the Patriots are just gonna the Matt Patricia defense that just we're they're gonna run zone. It, it's a type of game where you can can run man and dare the dare the Seahawks to run because I know Pete Carroll was saying stupid stuff about how they needed to run more. And if according to these percentages right here, and you guys know how I feel about passing the ball and play action and all that good stuff. According to the percentages here, the Seahawks passed the ball on 68% of the plays, but the Patriots did 38%. And EPA per pass, Seattle 0.55, that's pretty good. EPA per run, Seattle negative 0.07, that's not good at all. 
So maybe the Seahawks just get really stupid and look at the Patriots' seven DB lineup and just go out there and try to hammer it with their crappy running backs all day long because their running backs aren't good either, by the way. And I think the Patriots just match up really well. They're fast. They match up well in the secondary. And all they have to do is just contain Wilson in the pocket and just keep the drives going on offense. And the biggest thing here, LB, is for the Patriots, and we're going to say it all year long, is they have to play from in front. I don't want to. I don't want to be in a world where the, the Patriots are passing it forty times, forty-five times. Even with Tom Brady, that would not look good. So the Patriots, it'd be awesome if they just got the ball first and put some new wrinkles in their offense, which they they're already starting to do, and took the lead, and then their defense just takes over. I don't think this is the type of game where the Seahawks are just going to explode for thirty points. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think it's going to be a close one. The Seahawks are favored by four right now. And I might be I might be stupid right now, but I think that's just too many points. I think I think Seattle, if you can't take into account home field advantage, which is which isn't existent anymore, they'd be favored by like five or five and a half. Really? Against Bill Belichick and the Patriots awesome defense against Seattle's mad defense and good offense, but they don't really match up well with the Patriots defense so well. I don't know, LB. I feel pretty good about I feel pretty good about Sunday. And if they do win Sunday, look out. Yeah, absolutely. Be a big win. Of course, everybody will just say Seattle sucks if they win. You know, don't forget that. Bad football team. Russell Wilson overrated. That team stinks. Jamal Adams sucks. Look, I love everything you just said. I really do. I mean, I know something that you've been saying for years, and I really caught on and really started to agree. You said they don't let Russell Wilson pass it enough. They let him pass it a lot week one. Pete Carroll's already saying (laughs) we need to run the football more. Okay, please do. Let's be honest. I think that's how teams are going to try to attack the Patriots is they're going to want to run the football because they have the best secondary in the NFL. It's risky to try and throw in the Patriots no matter how good your quarterback is. We saw Mahomes struggle versus Patriots defense last year in Foxborough. Um, I think if if they come out and they want to run the football all day, I'm totally fine with that. We saw what happened when Derrick Henry ran over the Patriots. It was really a 14-13 football game. I'm okay with it. Please try to run the football. <laughs> like, please run the football. I beg you, run the football, please. You know, actually, I don't mean that, but I do mean it because, you know, I, I would love for them to try and attack the Patriots secondary, but I'm also okay with team trying to run the football too. Take the football out of Russell Wilson's hands. That's fine to buy me. I mean, you know, and if the Patriots can have some luck stopping some of those runs too, and just make some plays, well-coached football team, very prepared. I think they're going to be okay. If you can keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand, fine by me. Let him not throw the football. That works for me. Let him throw the football. He's going after J.C. Jackson, just cover Jackson, as you dubbed him. Um, Stephon Gilmore, reigning defensive player of the year. Um, his EPA last year was just about double over any defender in football. So he was just even better than I probably gave him credit for. I didn't realize he was so insanely good with that EPA number. So attack them any way you'd like. This defense is going to not be a fun time for any offense, in my opinion. I know it's very early, but we're going on a couple of years now where this defense has really looked really well. So they started to improve in 2018. We saw them shut out Mahomes for an entire half. Um, I know you got a lot of crap for that, too, saying the Patriots defense was actually good in 2018. That was a fun time. And then they won a Super Bowl 13-3. to I love the fact that you brought up Jason McCourty, who's so crafty, and maybe had the biggest play in Super Bowl 53 
on that incredible play he made where I, I believe the deep ball was to Cooks. He just makes this awesome play. Um, I, I, I'm with you. Love the matchup. If they can win this football game, give my Patriots some credit. You said something interesting earlier. Um, they ranked all the football teams. What were the rankings? I remember you said, I'll save, I'll save Kansas City's ranking because this was your thing, and I really love that you brought it up. The rankings from PFF Premium on the best football teams really interested me. On a neutral field, here are the rankings, the power rankings. Well, actually, I think it might be a little bit different than we saw. Maybe there, maybe these are power rankings based on projection, but there was a different one. So the, even in this one, the Patriots are number five, and Seattle is number seven. And in others I've seen, the Patriots are also much higher than Seattle. And the, the fact that the Patriots are even top five is, is awesome to me. Let's scroll. Now, you said Kansas City was where? They were, they were way down there. Based on, oh, based on their PFF grade, Kansas City was low. But the Patriots, I think, were – the Patriots PFF – that was – the one I showed you was based on their PFF grade. This one that I'm looking at right now I think is ELO rankings, which has the Chiefs number one, of course, which is kind of for projection. Oh, okay, okay. Kind of for projection. The, one, the but, other one you told me was way better for the agenda. It was, it was much better for the agenda. I think they were 18th, which I really <laughs> – <laughs> that was the number I was looking for. I was like, come on, 18. Let's go. Patriots, top five. Patriots owning, Bill Belichick owning, Cam Newton owning. I feel good about it. If they win this football game, man, they deserve props. They really do, Bryson. They absolutely do, LB. I think we got some questions here. I think oh actually let's get let's get our scores in real quick, LB. And you know, me and Alonzo talk about this. Alonzo's gonna be on. You'll hear him on here after LB. Something we talked about, 35-17, you can't do that anymore. Like, it's just it, – until I see the Patriots offense explode for 30-some points, I'm not going to be able to say 35-17. And even though I'm not serious, I'm serious about not being serious. So I am also have to pick a new score. So, And then you can't – like me and Alonzo talked, you can't also give them a field goal because they have Nick Folks. So you, you just don't trust at all. But what we could do is give them a safety every game because the defense and the punt team owns – so the punt team could potentially get a safety, and the, we know the defense could potentially get a safety. So I'm going to go, you know, the over-under is 44, so it works right out with my score here. I'm going 23-21 Patriots. Patriots cover. Not far off. I, I was going to say 24-17. That's become kind of my favorite score. <laughs> the defense keeps the team under 20. The offense scores just enough points to win football games. They were close to a 30-burger. They were close. They're getting closer, you know. So 24-17, I'll say. Why not? Screw it. 24-17. Maybe, you know what? Let's throw that safety in there, too. Jake Bailey, MVP, 26-17. Oh, we like it. We like it a lot, OB. All right, it's Football Friday. I've got my Patriots Super Bowl 49 hoodie on. And now we're getting, getting ready to read some questions here from from Title Talk fans, which we love them very much. Let me scroll through here. We already talked about the coverage. We already got into that. And, oh, there was uh, that Collier guy talking about talking crap about Camden. We absolutely love to see that. Who catches the first passing touchdown of the year for the Patriots? It's going to be a weird one, so it's, it's got to be Ryan Izzo. It's going to be Ryan Izzo Sunday. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got, LB? You know what? Let me let me give Cam Newton, as you touched on last week, his leadership has been phenomenal. Let me give it to Kale Harry. Let me give it to Harry. Okay. Let me say Kale Harry, 
maybe a slant, maybe a goal line fade, maybe, which I hate that play, by the way, but apparently you did a really nice job on it in camp. We know he's a big body guy. Uh, really good in the red zone. We did see flashes of that last year. Let me say, Harry scores the first touchdown of the year from Cam Newton, and we see uh, maybe maybe Harry gives the ball to Cam to let Cam spike it. We get another Cam's rocket spike last week. Very Gronk-like. Prime Gronk spikes were just the greatest spikes you ever saw. Let's see. Harry scores the first touchdown, maybe on a slant, and uh, he hands the ball to Cam. You know what? Screw it. Give it to David Andrews again. Let him spike every single touchdown all year long. Oh, we love that. Let's just give it. You know, or give it to Win. A Win spike. The Patriots should make this a thing. Give it to the offensive lineman every time. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. You know, when chokeslam to Landon Roberts, our very good friend last year. And it hurt me just a little bit, but then it didn't hurt me because Wynn was owning. So we love that. Wynn was absolutely owning. Here's another question for us. Who wins the right tackle job? Do they keep splitting the reps? I think this might be a thing with Illuminor not being in shape. I have a feeling. But, you know, last year, I, I, I think I might have said it on the podcast or maybe not. I was all for Illuminor starting over Newhouse and whoever the hell they had a right tackle. So I, I wish they would just keep going with Luminor. I think you probably agree with that. Which matchup are you most excited for? I'm definitely most excited for probably it's always really the Patriots secondary on Russell Wilson's offense and just seeing how they contain him in the pocket. Gilmore on Metcalf owning because we can make fun of DK Molasses if we want to because Gilmore will be owning him. DK Molasses, punt team gunner. Imagine DK on our punt team. Oh my God. Ooh. Oh man. He would just imagine. Here's one for LB. Let's do this. How many total touchdowns will Cam have? Six or seven? <laughs> well, you got to go with eight. He's going to have eight touchdowns. Why not Come more? On, six, six or seven? Who, who, what, are these, what are these questions here? Who are you? <laughs> who, are who are you? you? <laughs> who are you? Telling me six, seven, eight, nine, buddy. Eight or nine. All right. Realistically, I'd probably say I'll go with three, but uh, that's just me being nice to the Seahawks. That's all that is. I'm just trying to, trying to not seem too biased. Sorry about the truck that drove by. I had to come out and catch my cat because my cat has been trying to get outside. He goes running for the door. His name is Marbles. He's a, he's a little pain in the ass, let me tell you. Oh, and speaking of Russell Wilson scrambling around, I love that you just brought that up. Did you see the footage from practice? They let that kid, uh, Miles Bryant, he was, he's a defensive back. They just signed him from the practice squad playing uh, scout team quarterback, and he was just running around like a madman. Love to see that. That was fun. I love that the Patriots do that stuff. What I would love to hear is like when – I think his name's Collier. I don't know how to pronounce the name. If He said that talking about shutting down the Patriots offense or whatever, Cam didn't. If the Patriots just owned Sunday and someone from the Patriots team came out and they were like, yeah, that, you know what? That kid, Miles Bryant, was actually much better than Russell Wilson in practice. That would be awesome. I'd love that. Future team weapon right there. Cam Newton, thank you for your services. You've been excellent. We're going to Miles Bryant, number 41, defensive back. Bill Belichick <laughs> playing playing uh, chess again while everybody else is playing checkers. 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 It's time to play some chess. Chess time, buddy. Miles Bryant, quarterback, number 41. Number 41 in your programs, number one in your hearts, kid. Let's go. LFG. But- Besides Russ, which Seahawk would you make the greatest impact if he were on the Pats? This is a tough Jamal one. Jamal Adams. Yeah. It's Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, Tyler Lockett. It's got to be one of those guys, right? 
Paul, you said it. No, you said it. Uh, I the casualness in me that really likes the way Jamal Adams plays, but we already have a great secondary, so you're right. Uh, Bobby Wagner. I think I'd have to go with Bobby Wagner, but I also love that you said Tyler Lockett because he would be a phenomenal fit in this Patriots offense. Absolutely. Someone said, do you think, and this two kinds of people, two people said this, not two kinds, two people said this. Do you think the Patriots are going to be forced to pass the ball more in this game? Do you think Cam can handle that given the situation? Well, I think every week Cam's going to get better uh, audibling at the line and stuff like that and making, I mean, he's kind of proven to make decent, he's proven to make decent decisions. I think after every week goes, they're going to pass the ball a little bit more and he's going to feel a little bit more comfortable. What I really want to see in this game is the Patriots just run a whole lot of play action on first down. They really didn't last week. And I think this week is a big week. I think they should go ahead and just unleash it. I know Josh McDaniel sometimes isn't a big fan of, I don't know if they don't, they just don't agree with play action on first down, passing on first down a whole lot. But I think in this game, play action on first down. Cam will pass a little bit more, and he'll he'll still be all right. He won't turn the ball over. That's my opinion. They'll be every week. They you know I don't. What did they pass? Fifteen times LB. I mean, I think every week that number is going to be higher, and they're going to get more comfortable with the things they can do at the line of scrimmage. Nineteen attempts, fifteen completions. Very efficient. Didn't turn the football over. They you know Cam adding another seventy-five yards on the on the ground. I think they can pass the ball better. I do. I do. Um, we see how he's defensive of, of Harry, and Harry's kind of been on fire ever since Michael Jackson kind of got under his skin during camp. And uh, you know what? I'll say that he can pass the football better, and I like that you brought up play action because now with these read option runs that they're running, not only can you kind of run play action, which he's very good at. You had the stats a few weeks ago. He's really good at play action. Cam is. Um, you can start running those those run pass options, those RPOs that we saw so much in Super Bowl 50 through 52, which was just a nightmare. And if Nick Foles can can crush a you know a, a well coached football team, that defense was terrible. Don't get me wrong, Michael Butler out. Um, you know, we saw Jordan Richards out there. I don't think the Seahawks are going to have Jordan Richards on the field. Unfortunately, um, I don't think anybody's going to ever see Jordan Richards on a football field again playing defense. But um, those those RPOs could could start to become a weapon, especially with how well and how effective Cam has been on the ground with the read option. You can start throwing in those RPOs now too. You know, I felt really good about editing this podcast this week. You, we we just really didn't cuss a whole lot, which my grandparents really appreciate. But then you just went and said the JR swear word twice, so I'm gonna have to go in there and edit that one out. <laughs> I did cut back on the. I, I try not to swear anymore. I know I dropped an S bomb last week. I did used to swear a lot more. I was feeling so. Yeah, I was feeling so so youthful and free, just dropping F bombs like I was a kid in third grade trying to be cool on the back of the bus. Just F this, F that, F. Matt Patricia. <laughs> yes, I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I love the fact that your grandparents are listening. Um, how are you doing, Bryson's grandparents? How, I hope you guys are well. And I hope everybody that listens is well, really, of course. Um, I, I don't, the, the swearing, I, I remember one time Gronky said, LV, man, you're dropping a lot of F-bombs. And I said, wow, if if, if our good friend Gronky, Blitz Effects, of course, who makes the best edits that you know, exist. A good friend Gronky. I would love to give his at. I'm not sure what it is on Twitter anymore, but follow him on Instagram. He is just the man. I think it's Blitz X um, FX or Blitz FX. He is just the best at edits. And he told me when he told me 
I was swearing too much. I was like, okay, I'm obviously swearing. I'm swearing way too much. <laughs> Matt Patricia will do that to you, though, okay? Give me a break. It was 2018. Uh, Matt Patricia was gone, but I still had that PTSD whenever the defense would give up a, you know, a third and 17. I still had a little bit of that in me. Um, our first podcast ever was, of course, after they got crushed by the Titans. So I think anybody would have been swearing after that one, to be fair. You're right, LB. I don't blame you at all. It's okay. It's all right. We're, we're just brawling natural here. We just happen to control ourselves a little bit more. You know what? I think, I think we talked about the game and pretty good discussion. You know, we didn't. I, the thing I like about our podcast, LB, I'm a little biased. Is that we don't come up here and we're like, you know, if the Patriots, you know, run it through the one hole. 30 times today. It's going to be really good because that's Seattle runs. technique at defensive tackle. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just that stuff's boring. No one likes that stuff. And I think that's why people love our podcast. So I'm, I'm glad, you know, we talked, we hashed it out. OBJ, a Rob, all these, there's some other weapons, you know, I've got, my gut is saying good things about OBJ and my gut is sometimes right. I, all I need now is to have a dream. But one thing that we're, we're going to do on this podcast and, and I'm just going to tell you right now, please do not bet your hard-earned money on things that I'm telling you, but I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good so far, and LB, is, is, he's going to start doing this too. So I'm going to give you probably three picks, three picks that my gut tells me are okay picks this week. Who knows? I might go in three. Please don't bet any money. <laughs> I mean, of course, if you feel good about him, bet some money on him. I'm certainly not. But here's some three picks, LB. I don't know. You, you can, I'm going to give you just a quick rundown and and see what you think. So we've got 49ers at the Jets. You know, I know the Jets stunk it up last week, but the 49ers are favored by seven. And I don't think that's enough points because the Jets are probably the worst team in the league. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and take the 49ers minus seven, swallow the points and, and not care at all. I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. And if the Jets come in with that, you can just shoot me into the sun and that's fine. <laughs> Listen, take that all day because if they don't pull that off, don't shoot Bryson into the sun. You shoot uh, Shanahan into the sun because if, if they can't get over the Jets by seven, I mean, come on. They were just in the Super Bowl defending NFC champs. They should they should win fairly comfortably, I would say. Is this game in New York or is it San Francisco? The only reason it's I ask is because of the weather. It's in New York. It is in New York. Okay. Yeah, take 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 the uh, 49ers and the points. Absolutely. Yeah. Feel, What's the over-under on that game? 20? It, uh, 20 points? <laughs> No, uh, it's actually forty-one point five. So I don't know if I feel great about that, man. Man, I could the 49ers, I, they're gonna have to carry the load on that one. How do you feel? I don't know. You guys they have some players hurt, but I just feel like they're just that team is just way too good and the Jets are just way too bad. The Jets absolutely stink. Yeah, they stink. 49ers might score the uh they might get the over just by themselves. That's right. Jimmy Garoppolo, big day. Here's another one for you, and I'm really high on the Atlanta Falcons, so I'm just going to go ahead and apologize and admit my bias as it is because I really like their quarterback and not their coach so much. But So the Falcons are playing at the Cowboys, 1 p.m. game. You know, the Falcons just got embarrassed. I think they they lost by 13. Their offense is really good. Their defense was embarrassed on national television. We saw at the end of last year that, that they actually did get their defense together a little bit. I think the Falcons bounced back. The Cowboys are favored by four and a half, and I just don't see how the Cowboys are that much better than the that much better than the Falcons. And the Falcons' offense is really good, so I just don't see how the Cowboys will pull away by four and a half. So I'm just going to take the Falcons plus four point five. What's your gut tell you, LB? I know you don't like the Falcons as much as I do, so go ahead and disagree if you want. Ah oh, man, you know it's tough to go against. I'm I'm not as into the picks. I, I'm not as into the 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 you know the 
gambling aspect just because I've, I've never really done it a lot. So I'm going to probably agree with you on every single one that you say, <laughs> and I'll try to, maybe I can try to just, um, look, like you said, I know you said that you're biased towards uh, Matt Ryan. I am too. Boston college legend got the, got the Boston college playing, you know, ranked higher than, you know, I've, I've ever seen. So I loved him at, at BC MVP quarterback, still playing really well. Awesome football player. They have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley had a huge week last week as well as Julio. I'm with you. Take it. Go ahead. Do that all day. Um, the Cowboys, they're just, I, I like McCarthy, but I don't know, man, they're, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. It is, it is a tough one. I, I think that's a tougher one than the first one. Absolutely. But I'd say take Bryson's word on that one. Absolutely. I think uh, Matt Ryan's going to have another big day. Ooh, I like it. So this next one here, I feel I, I feel the best about. So I might just go ahead and be wrong, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the rankings before I tell you this. Tell you the line on the game. So Vikings, Colts, Elo rankings: Vikings 14, Colts 21. Offense: Colts 17, Vikings 10. Defense ranking: Colts 13, Vikings 7. And I know the game is in Indianapolis, but does that sound like a pick'em game to me? No, it does not sound like a pick'em game to me. I'm getting three points with the Vikings, so the Colts are favored by three points. So I'm just going to go ahead and take the Vikings plus three because I think they're the better team. I don't really care that it's on the road. Home field advantage means nothing to me. So I'm taking the Vikings. If it was 2013 um, or 2007, Phillip Rivers – it would certainly be a much more difficult pick. I'm not thinking Philip Rivers is very good anymore. You know, I really, I've always kind of liked Philip Rivers. I liked his uh, his passion for the game. Um, you know, he he played through that bad knee injury in the AFC Championship game in 2007, of course. Kind of kind of made it tough on the Patriots, and he had to do it by himself. Dane Tomlinson was on the sidelines pouting. Never forget the uh, the pictures of him standing there with the visor with his arms crossed. Iconic, really, Danian Thompson. So, man, I'm, I'm going to have to – I'm trying to be different here. But I just don't like Phillip Rivers, man. I think Kirk Cousins has played really well. He really played well last year. Um, I know they just lost to the Packers. The Packers are a good football team. Aaron Rodgers had his own flashback to 2013. So, I'll just keep going with what you say. I'm going to, I will get better at this guys. I will start to look into this more. This is kind of something that we discussed today and Bryson's really good at it. And I said, Hey, why don't we do it's football Friday? Why don't we do a little bit of uh, a little picks talk and let's, you know, it, it just seems like a fun thing to kind of do. You said the line was what the Colts are favored by three. Yep. I don't understand that one. Personally, I think the Vikings win that football game. So you got to take the, uh, you got to take that one. Right. I want to get my, I don't want to screw up. You would say you have to take that one in the points. No, but that wouldn't be the same case, right? To take something in the points usually means that you'd be thinking like, say, Jets. You know, you'd say, oh, well, the Jets can cover or whatever. You know, you're, you're much better at this than I am, of course. But I will get better at this. But I, I just enjoy talking about other football games, so it's fun to me. Got to take the Vikings in that one. I, don't, I think the Vikings win by a touchdown, personally. Phillip Rivers is not very good anymore. And Kirk Cousins, to me, is a really good football, football player. So... Yeah, I'm with you. Let's do it. Let's go with we, that. Bryce we've got three and zero. We've got wise guy agreement from LB, and I'm going to give a bonus <laughs> pick here. So also, don't bet your money on this one either, because I'm, this is the, I feel the worst about this one. But the line is just too much today. I know the Jaguars. A lot of people think they're tanking, which they probably they kind of are. But I've got the Jaguars at Titans, and I know the Titans are they're they're a much better football team. Look, I can't. 
I can't say that enough. The Titans are a much better for much better football team. This is an in division matchup. The Jaguars split one and one with them last year, and I think they beat them twenty to some low number. And Mariota was playing or whatever. But Jaguars are getting seven and a half points, and I just feel like that might be too many points. So if I'm wrong, I'll I'll be wrong, and that that's fine with me. The Jags played better than a lot of people thought last year. So I'm just going to go ahead and take the Jags, seven and a half. Too many points, and uh, Titans are the better football team, but the Titans probably win by like seven. They could also win by like 21 or 30. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can definitely see that, but this is the NFL, so I'm taking the Jaguars plus seven and a half. Bet the house I'll on it. I, I thought I was going to go against Grain on that one. I thought you were going the other direction. I was going to say – Gardner Minshew played really well last week, very efficient, didn't throw the ball too many times, uh, but he played really well. Minshew mania lives on. So I'm with you again. I thought I was going to go against the green on that one. The way it started out, it sounded like you were going the opposite direction. So it's seven. Boy, the Titans just have a hard time scoring points, man. You know, Tannehill played pretty well. Um, They were in Denver, I don't think. Denver is a terribly coached football team. Gostowski missed a ton of field goals, too. So, you know, they probably would have had more points, but... They're really one of those teams that just don't put up a lot of points. They play pretty good defense, but I see uh, Gardner Minshew having a nice week. I'm with you. You said it was seven and a half? Yes. So, in other words, they're picking the, um, the in other Titans, words, they are, they're the picking Titans the Titans. The Titans are favored by seven and a half. So, they would need to win by, what, eight, eight right? Eight. Boy, I yeah. could see the Jaguars winning that football game, man. I could. I know that sounds crazy. But Minshew has, has really played well. I mean, I'm not sure how legit it is, but I just like that kid. Something about him. He has some swagger to him. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know what it is. I just There's something I like about that kid, Minshew, and I think the players around him buy in. They have some good weapons. I like that kid, Chark. Um, I'm with you. I really thought I thought I was going against the grain on that one at first, too. I was like, here we go, baby. I'm going against the grain. But nope, got to go with you again. Love it. Love it, LB. Tell you what, why don't you throw in one more? And I'm going to try to find a reason to go against the grain. One, uh, one more. Ah, oh, geez. You I'm know what? I'm trying to go against the grain. This, you know, I've really. Why don't we just do Patriots at Seahawks, LB? Let's just do oh, Pats at Seahawks. Seahawks I'm are okay, free. So I'm taking Seattle. <laughs> I, I kid. I kid. I All kid, right. So, so the Patriots are getting four points. So the, Patri- the Seahawks need to win by more than four, which, you know, it's kind of a weird number. Three, once you get to three and a half, it's much different than just three because it's just a field goal. I don't think the average fo- football game is like what three win, wins about three points or whatever it is. So it's a little more points, and that kind of implies that the Patriots are five and a half point dogs on the road to Seattle. And we, I really just the Patriots have the better coach. They have their offensive line is amazing. They have an amazing offensive line. Russell Wilson's a much better quarterback, but the Patriots' secondary matches up, I feel like, much better than the Seahawks' cover three defense, which probably Cam Newton's going to have a whole lot of easy throws, which Matt Ryan did. I know Cam Newton's not Matt Ryan, but with the, with the style offense the Patriots are running, I just feel like they're going to have a whole lot of easy throws. And four points is – I just don't – I don't see it. I could be completely wrong. What do you think, LB? Oh, I'm totally with you. I, I know you had a great uh... – a great tweet the other day about uh, maybe it was yesterday about um, men of the Patriots running a different offense. Now we've discussed it a little bit more, a little bit more Ravens esque, not completely the same. They're going to spread you out a little bit more still, but uh, I know you had some of the numbers and Lamar Jackson went in there last year with that, with a similar offense and really just took them to town. So 
I mean, I, I know that you really like the matchup. I think we kind of like the way the Patriots are going to play offense for Seattle, and we could see a similar game plan to what we saw um, Lamar do to them last year. What did you see the score? It's 31 to 17, 30 to 17. 30 to 16, Russell Wilson threw a pick six. And the Ravens kind of run some of the same defensive concepts the Patriots do. Copycat league, my man. Copycat league, baby. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Title Talk. I'm here with Alonzo. Welcome back, Alonzo. It's good to see you. It's been how many months? Six? No, we talked after Cam signed. We did our Cam emergency pod. That's right, we did. Other than that, other than that, I think our last two pods have been Cam emergency and um, the one pod we did like the week before COVID really started to shut everything down. And we did a pod about like, is Brady going to stay? And we did that on Thursday, March. Had it been March fifth? That's our last two pods. It's been. It's been pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, it really has. You know what? You said something to me before, and I've been thinking about it a whole lot, too. I'm so happy Tom Brady isn't on this team. Me, too. Like, yeah. I really, And I love the guy. But like I was saying last week, seeing watching Tom Brady drop back 35 times with Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, and Dorsett 2.0, who we can talk about him here a little oh, bit, Demir Bird. <laughs> Yeah. Would have been absolutely horrendous. And I was one, and you were probably the same, and still not really sure how good the Pats offense can be. But it is definitely probably going to be better than last year and probably has a higher upside just because of just how it is. But I thought the second yeah. half, they lo- I thought the second half, they did a lot of play action. They looked, they looked like much better. And when Cam was in control of play action and figuring out when to take off of his feet and stuff like that. He was actually good and not turning the ball over. And it was actually really fun and everyone loves him. So it sucked to see Tom lose, but. Definitely. I think watching Tom on this offense would have just been a repeat of last year. I don't think last year was really fun for watching the offense last year. It wasn't really fun for anyone outside of the first two games. Right. And Watching like Demir Bird oh played every this... single offensive snap. I'm pretty sure for the Patriots this week. I think it's it's best for both sides. We haven't really talked about Tom leaving since Tom left, but I think looking back on it, it was definitely was best for both sides. When you look at the team Tom joined and the team the Patriots have now, I think that I was telling a friend while we were watching the Bucks game. On Sunday, like, I would rather have Tom Brady if I were the Bucks. I think that Tom works very well for what they do. I think they're going to be fine at the end of the day as long as they don't keep running the ball on, you know, every single first down, it felt like. But I would rather have Cam for this version of the Patriots because Cam can make more stuff happen for himself at this point. And I think that if something has fallen off about Brady, and Simmons said it on his podcast, was the the ability to improvise even within the pocket and let alone do the kind of shit that Cam can do. Uh, So I, yeah, I would agree that there's, it's best for both sides that he's now here. Yeah, for sure. And let's talk about our boy, Philip Dorsett 2.0 for a couple seconds here. You just talked about him. How about Demir Bird out there doing cardio for just three hours? 
two, three hours of Demir Bird just doing cardio out there. Just love to see that. You know, the Jeff Thomas could have made this team and done the same exact thing, so I don't really understand why he didn't make the team. But Demir Bird literally just out there doing cardio, and it just pisses me off, just exactly like last season, except for this time he doesn't have some weird burner that defends Dorsett and slanders Brady. <laughs> So his agent, it turned out, right? <laughs> yeah, it was his agent. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, what did I think of Demir Bird? I think it feels like we've been doing the same podcast for three years, man, where we watch week one, we watch the first couple weeks of the season, we watch maybe the preseason, or we read tweets from training camp, and we just think, like, this team is completely bereft of any talent at wide receiver outside of Julian Edelman, who, by the way, is now 34 years old and who the, whose snaps they're starting to manage because obviously he's a 34-year-old slot receiver who's been prone to get hurt. So, yeah, of course you manage his snaps. And to see Nikhil Harry, who had the lowest yards per, I think his lowest, the lowest depth of route run of any receiver in the NFL, and Demir Bird, who just ran around and, like, I guess they thought he was an upgrade on Dorsett, but there was a reason he was available for less than a million dollars, I think. It's just pathetic. Like, it's it's sad to watch. It There's an obvious ceiling on this team if Cam is ever forced to throw the ball and, like, win a game from the pocket because who does he have to win for him on the outside? Giselle... Giselle's words ring true where she says, my, my husband cannot throw and catch the ball. Well, my husband, Cam Newton, cannot throw and catch the ball and get open for these guys who are bums. <sighs> and Ryan is a tight end one, by the way. Ryan is, oh yeah, he Ryan is okay. played every snap. And he, he was, was fine, okay. yeah. He was a lot better than he was last year, definitely. Look, it, uh, <laughs> it's... It, like, for as negative as we've been, I think we'd both agree after watching week one, what's their floor? Is it, like, 8-8? Eight and eight? Their yeah. defense is probably is going to regress over 16 games to what it was last from what it was last year because it was, like, historic and something just un, completely unsustainable last year. So if they regress, but the offense is a little better, but they still have the Belichick factor and the coaching factor that is an advantage over every team in the NFL, you could probably think the floor is about eight and eight, nine and seven. So for as my point is for as much complaining as we just did, they're going to be fine, but it's frustrating to know that I don't want to say the only, but the only weakness on this team is the talent at wide receiver and tight end. But it is far and away the biggest. And it's been the case for three years, which is ridiculous that they haven't fixed it in three fucking years since they traded Cooks. Like, at some point, it's tiring. Yeah, a little bit. So, who do you feel better about right now in this moment when in a playoff game? The Bucks or the Patriots? probably honestly probably the Patriots because what I realized watching the Bucks last week 
and rooting for the Bucks last week to beat the Saints that I took for granted about the Patriots and just being a Patriots fan and basically for the as long as I can remember watching football, watching the Pats game, the primetime games, and red zone for the rest of the day. You don't really realize how stupid some of these teams are. And calling Brady assistant quarter, like all that, that's all extremely stupid. But at the same time, there's no doubt he benefited from just an institutional edge over basically every team in the NFL where the Patriots weren't ever going to be the ones to beat themselves. And then you see with the Bucks, like they get a kick blocked. They jump on fourth and two. Uh, they jump again later in that drive. It's so many stupid penalties. It's running on first down a billion times. It's it's all of that that I can't really trust. Where I can trust that with the Patriots, and they have like enough talent, and they have enough to just like piece their way there against a team that might be a little more talented. Whereas the Bucks, I don't know. I still the Bucks upside. I still think is higher though. Yeah, so my favorite part about the Bucks game was right after the game, Bruce Arians felt so confident to slander Tom Brady and said he made the wrong decision in front of everyone, which Belichick wouldn't have done as mean as Belichick can be sometimes. He would have protected Tom in the moment. But then two hours later, three hours later. he would later, have protected, if it, the other way around, he would have protected the receiver. Like You, you just never see that kind of stuff from Belichick. Gaskowski yeah. misses an extra point, and it's, it's oh well, we all could have done a better job. Yeah. That's publicly. For as much of a dick as Belichick can apparently be privately, he has never, that I can remember, thrown a player under the bus in a post game like setting. So, yeah, you can. Sorry, you can go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Then later, he was just like, "Yeah, actually, you know what? It was Evans's fault, and he's the head coach of the football team." It was a very stupid, stupid, stupid game to watch. And I don't know if I can take this for 16 games. Something needs to change. Yeah. <laughs> Something's got to change. Or yeah. my Bucks allegiance is gone. I mean, it's barely there now. I mean, I could probably not name. I don't know all the starters on defense like the Patriots or anything like that. I'm just a casual yeah. Bucks fan. But right. after, the, after the first drive, I mean, my boss called me after the first drive because he was actually watching and Brady was just owning and, had a lot of good passes, but yeah. the rest of the day was just first and ten halfback dive, first and ten halfback dive, and I just really wanted to. I just stopped so, watching at that point, so I was so I was absurd. done with them. So yeah. I'm I'm a very fair weather Bucks fan, and I don't care. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> I've told, I've gotten the question more times than I can count. So are you still a Pats fan, or are you a Bucks fan now, Tom? Right, and I always say, well. I'm always going to be a Pats fan, and I'm still a Pats fan. If the Pats and Bucks played, I think I'd like go Pats. While Tom Brady is on another team and he's still playing football, I'm going to be a fan of whatever team he plays for, no matter what, like forever and ever. So, yeah, like my allegiance to the Patriots is unconditional. My allegiance to the Bucks is conditional completely upon Tom Brady. But I won't be defending the idiotic first and ten. Just like I don't know, man. Brady on that drive that you mentioned, he had just a beautiful twenty-nine yard throw, I think, to Godwin. 
on the right sideline, that was on like the second first and 10 of the game for them. And it felt like every time after it was a run, like, yeah, I get that you don't want to drop back 50 times, but you also don't want to put your quarterback. I think your quarterback's going to be in more danger on second and 12 and third and 13 than he is if he just throws on first and 10 and you guys get ahead of the chains. It's an ass-backwards way of looking at it from their coaching staff. All right, so there's game plan this week, Alonzo, and I've got some very fun stuff because we love weapons. How about OBJ yeah. coming to the Pats? Do we love that? Or do we love A-Rob to the Pats? I thought about it. I think A-Rob's a better player than OBJ is at this point. Um, but I think OBJ, I'd rather trade for him because I think he's still good. I think the there's been a lot of Browns that has kind of rubbed off on him and made him look worse than he is the past year in, year in a game. This is his second year in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the past year and this past game, like, I think that's more a product of where he's been. I think he could still be great. But and the reason I'd trade for him over A-Rob is the contract. You trade for Odell. You have him under contract for four years. He is probably, in my opinion, you trade for him. You get him, get his head right, get him engaged. He's an elite receiver. You have him for four years. That's great. And you can just not worry about that for four years. Whereas with A-Rod, he's probably going to be more of a rental. He's in, entering the last year of his contract. Maybe you could re-sign him after the season. Maybe you don't. I'd rather just take the certainty of Odell. The other thing is that A-Rod is probably going to get more money than Odell. Actually, I don't know about that because I hadn't thought about that because of the salary cap A-Rod's being lower next year. Not going to lower. You'll weep. What? The salary cap isn't going to lower. You'll weep. It's going to remain the same. I don't think so. No, they, yeah, I've heard they want to avoid a, like a bust or boom, and they're, they're going to artificially like keep it the same for a year. Okay. Okay. What I had read was it would go down at the lowest to 175. Mm. And I don't know what – right now it's at 198, I'm pretty sure. So if it drops by 20, would that be 23 million? I think they could make it up in the next year. So I think the next year, if there are fans and hopefully everything's kind of back to normal by that point, I know I'm losing my fucking mind at this point. (laughs) Um, So hopefully everything is, but assuming it is right for next season, they could, they could probably get back up to 200 some million. They'll have their TV deals and it'll be fine. So. It might affect, honestly, for longer-term deals. I said A-Rob might get less because of the pandemic. I think he'll be fine because he's an elite player. I think the difference between, like, the Ravens is they don't have, like, a number one receiver that's just awesome or a weapon that's just absolutely awesome, like Odell or A-Rob. And the Patriots... And who? Comparing the Ravens to the Patriots' offense just the way they run their offense and how they don't throw a whole lot and they run the ball a lot. And if the, and I think the Patriots are going to have to start throwing the ball. I mean, I don't think they're they're going to be able to throw the ball like 20 times a game. I think they're going to have to increase increase their throws to 25, 30. And if they have, they have Odell 
or a Rob, someone like that, someone that can consistently beat man coverage, then I would feel it's a trickle down effect. Like I would feel much better about their peak. Yeah, you get you get a Robert. I don't know if they could win the Super Bowl, but you get a Robert Odell. I mean, they face the number one corner instead of Nikhil Harry facing the number one corner or Edelman facing the number one corner. Demir Bird becomes your fourth receiver instead of your second receiver if they plan to still limit Edelman snaps. Like, there's a huge trickle down effect when you add a guy like that. I think any opportunity they have to do it, they should take it. To be honest, though, I think they might be a little reticent to do it because of the Sanu trade last year and because of the pick they lost to the Bengals videotaping shit. So I think they lost a third. Yeah. Right. They lost it. So they don't have a third to trade. They had, they'll have, they'll get a conditional third, but they don't have their own as of now to trade. And yeah, would they trade a first round pick for Odell? I would, but I don't know if they would. Yeah, I'd trade the prospect of Sony Michelle for Odell. Or Nikhil Harry. Yeah, I would do that all day long. Yeah. So, so what do you think about this weekend, Alonzo? Gut feeling. Patriots at Seahawks. The air is shitty as hell, apparently. Belichick says there's like winds from the Pacific or something like that coming in that could change some things. And my friend lives in, I think, Montreal, and I think he's saying that the air is like a little better or whatever out west, but... It might be like just a, a really odd game. Like hopefully, like nothing bad happens. I don't know. I don't really know what's going on out there, like exactly because I haven't been paying attention. But so, what do you think? What do you think about this weekend? Because this is a this is a pretty big game of in a stretch of pretty get pretty big games for the Patriots. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you that the Patriots going on the road and playing the Seahawks, like to me, I still haven't come to terms with the fact that all these games are on neutral sites. Like, so there's almost this part of me just psychologically that thinks, oh, we've gone on the road, playing the Seahawks. It's just a tough place to play. It's Sunday night. The stadium's going to be going crazy, the 12th man, blah, blah, blah. And now that's not a factor, and the only fa- there's an there's going to be an empty stadium, and the only real external factor is some fucking wildfires and the air quality. Like, I have no idea what to expect. If I'm being totally honest, the only thing I'll expect is I think the Patriots match up well with their secondary. With the, the Patriots secondary matches up well with their receivers, but Russell Wilson is if not the best quarterback in the NFL, the second best quarterback in the NFL. And he'll, I just, I like their offense a lot better than I like our offense. And I think the pass offense is going to struggle relative to what the Seahawks offense could do. I, I don't know though. They'll dare them. The Falcons from what I've read, dared the Seahawks to throw the ball, which is, um, Kind of a wild move, in my opinion. <laughs> Especially, I don't, like, think, I don't think we'll see the Patriots do that. That's my one prediction. I will say the one thing about that game last week is it's kind of hard to take a lot away from that game, I feel like, because they both run the same defense. Like, Van Quinn ran the Seahawks defense for a long time. 
and now he's yeah. down there. I mean, I know he doesn't have control of it anymore, but still the same like defense. So like Russell Wilson yeah. is just he he does this every day. So I mean, I don't mm. think that the Seahawks are going to sustain this insane production passing wise. And and P, I know Pete Carroll just said some stupid stuff about run. They needed to run the ball a whole lot more. And I know they <laughs> that that they actually like they actually did like. Play, use play action and pass a whole lot on first down, which was like really helped them a lot. And yeah, I think, I think them doing that actually helps the Patriots a whole lot because Pete just like, you know what? We need 15 more carries. 15, 15 more carries. We need it. a part of me. A part of me honestly wants to believe that Pete's just bluffing and that he's he's just like I'm gonna make all these guys think I'm fucking stupid and. But no, I know. I just know he's not because that's been the past, however many years since Russ was an elite quarterback. That's just been Pete's philosophy. So we can expect Chris Carson to pound the rock at least twenty-three times for however efficient it is. The Pats will try to do the same. It'll be a short game. It'll be a weird game, and the Patriots will win. 21 nah yeah yeah 21 17 uh i usually get 35 17 but i feel like i can't yeah. do that it's not even funny yeah I, I was gonna say i was gonna say that <laughs> our old score was 35 17 our new score has to be 21 17 no my my new score is 24 21 <laughs> no but that would mean that would imply we make a field goal which i ne- i don't feel great about <laughs> Okay, that's true. And right. uh, yeah, no twenty three, twenty one. Patriots get a Two safety. Field goals. Patriots okay. get a safety. Okay. Patriots get a safety every game, every <laughs> single game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually feel pretty good about this weekend. Actually, I don't feel like the Seahawks defense is really that good. I mean, whatever. Patriots going to run a whole lot of. I think the second half from the Patriots encouraged me a whole lot. Run a whole lot of play action. Less of the cross-side freak, more of J.J. Taylor because he's awesome. I know Yvonne Fear said something <laughs> stupid about uh, quelling J.J. Taylor hype and stuff like that, but I'm not doing it because J.J. Taylor's a go. No, also, he didn't say that. He didn't. Say, he, he compared him to Darren Sproles. He also said some other stuff. But anyway, the Patriots played okay. today in practice. Waka Flocka, hard in the paint, little baby, and uh, Jack Harlow. So I don't see how they can lose, to be honest. Okay. Juwan Bentley was out there jamming to harden the paint. Like, there's no shot they're losing. There's just no way. Okay. Let's go with that. All right, Alonzo. It's good to talk to you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week after the Patriots win 23-21. to All right. See you later, boss. Talk later, Yep.